Hi, this is Jim Walden. I'm senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Temple City, California, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us. In these challenging days, if you're looking for hope and encouragement, you found a good place. We hope God's Word inspires you, speaks to your heart, and grows your faith. Enjoy the message. Words fail me at a time like this. If you're joining us online, my name is Jim Walden, and for nine and a half years, I've had the honor and privilege of being called Senior Pastor of First Baptist. Ten years ago this month, I got a phone call from a guy named Tom Gardner. Tom, raise your hand in case folks don't know, he's our board chair. And said, hey, Jim, our church is looking for a pastor. And I remember getting off the phone. We were in Big Bear. I remember saying to Deanna, I got to talk with this guy. And uh, I preached at First Baptist of Pomona that next month. And he and Anna came over to here and meet us. And from there, a bromance started (laughs) between the two of us. And uh, you know the rest of the story. Uh, Back in May, I had another heart episode, Mother's Day afternoon, for about three hours. My heart was just going crazy. I tried to rest. I tried to hydrate, tried to do everything I could. And after three hours of that, we hopped in the car and headed towards an urgent care and got halfway there, and my heart settled. Couldn't figure it out. And for two and a half years, cardiologists have done every test you can, nuclear scans, EKGs, sonograms, everything in my heart to try to figure out what's going on. And uh, uh, the simplest thing is they couldn't give an answer because the heart is okay, but there's stimulants and impulses that go to the heart that causes it to have PVCs and other problems. And um, after that, my wife said to me, I don't want to see you stroke out in front of me. And stress has been one of the primary causes. So we began to pray, and we've prayed and wept and fasted and second-guessed and prayed and thought. I've served five churches in my ministry years. First one was in seminary, then four afterwards. You are the finest congregation I've ever served. And yesterday I met with the board and inform them I need to retire. So we will. And when Deanna and I finally uh, united, came to the decision, this is what the Lord's directing me to do, it was weird. It was as if a, a burden was lifted and my heart started to regulate well again. I'll never quit the gospel ministry. I just won't be called senior pastor. You can call me old pastor (laughs) instead of senior. Um, And we've known about this for months, but I needed to tell the board first. I'm accountable to the board. And then I wanted to meet with our Tuesday staff group and scrambled yesterday to meet with them and then posted that letter online. Some of you I know either don't get the email or didn't see it yet. Um, uh, When we traveled with Deanna's mom this summer, Deanna also said, as all this was coming together, I don't want to be far from mom. She's 82. So last month, we purchased a home in Topeka, Kansas. And we'll move there in two months. I really want to finish the series on Revelation with you. Is that okay? So I'm going to do it all this morning. So you're going to be here for nine more hours. (laughs) Um, Yesterday was 828. And that was the reference of the verse I put in my letter. Pretty appropriate, huh? We've got to remember, we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And he has come back now to celebrate with our... I hate that beetle. Somebody <laughs> give it the right hand of fellowship and let it meet its maker. Ah, you, you the Jeremy. man. Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy saved the congregation. There you go. Yeah, he's back. Resurrection. There he goes. But we've got to believe that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, you love him, I love him, and we are called according to his purpose. And today is 829. And the next verse of 829 says, for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed 
to the likeness or image of his son. And that's not always easy stuff. He will take us through things to conform us to the image of Jesus. And someday we'll get to heaven when it seems dark and we don't understand why these things happen. And we'll finally go, oh, that's what the master was up to. Oh. I shared a lot of tears with the board yesterday. They cried too. Because a lot of you cried when I showed up. Now, <laughs> um, what can we say? But we, man, we love you. Love you so much. And we have not made this decision quickly, nope. unadvisedly. Um, but it's what God is calling. Um, I want to give you some encouraging news. Tom Gardner spoke with Willie Nolte, who will be with us on a Sunday in October. Willie is the head of Transformation Ministries, the association we're a part of. And TM said, we're going to stand with you and help however we can. But they have interim pastors that right now are few and far between. Well, the Lord gave Tom a name. Some of you may remember a name from way back. Mike Slater, who was a youth pastor here in the 70s. Tom called him and said, hey, Mike, just wondering how you're doing, and we're going to need an interim pastor come late fall. Are you interested? And Mike said, yes, and let me tell you why. Number one, I love that church. And number two, just the other day, my wife looked at me and said, Mike, I think, don't you think God is calling you to be an interim pastor? And then Tom calls so if the Lord leads and Mike ultimately says, yes, we'll go that direction and you're going to have a fine man who loves people and loves Jesus. And God's grooming somebody else right now. God hasn't had me here for nine and a half years to say, well, I'll just keep you going for nine and a half more years and now I'm just going to drop you. Nope. He's good. Stand still. Don't run anywhere. Don't go running off church. Stand still and see the hand of the Lord. Watch what he's going to do. We can't thank you for how you've loved us. We can't. And uh, I dreaded this announcement. Not the day, because I always love being with you. Um, so we are going to make our address public we want you to come see us if you're ever in the Topeka, Kansas City area. We'd love to have you. So, I just wanted my bride who has stood with me through thick and thin, and this gal loves you as much as your pastor does. And again, you're the finest congregation we've ever served. We won't forget you. So, um, watch what God does, okay? Love you. Love you. Thank you, brother. Well, the teaching aspect of ministry is not stressful. It, it energizes me. And so as we talked about it, I thought, oh, Lord, I want to finish Revelation now. Maybe we pray that Jesus comes back before I'm done. That means two things. One, we don't have to worry about being apart. And two, I'm wrong on my end times belief of when Jesus will come back. <laughs> and that's fine with me. So, um, at the end of this month, don't forget this verse. August 31st. What shall we say then in response to this? Don't forget this, church. If God is for us, who can be against us, Right? So let's pray for some folks. We'll get in the message. Kathy Montgomery had hip replacement surgery. I don't know if Dale's here this morning or if they're at home watching. Uh, we love you, Kathy, praying for a full recovery. Uh, Sue Ernest had cataract surgery with some concerns of potential complications, but it ran beautifully. She has to put drops in her eyes every hour for quite a long time, but she thanks you for your prayers. Mary McDonald, Lee is here. There's Mary. Hi, Mary. 
Mary has to wear the neck brace for maybe a couple more months before they do a surgical procedure. She's got the brace on. She can nod. That's really good. <laughs> so love you, dear. Lee, we'll be praying for you both. She looked towards those days. Jessica Likens is what the Bible calls great with child. And uh, you're 39 weeks. There she blows, man. We're just hoping that <laughs> that baby's gonna come. I have prayed for your baby and you and your husband every night. I'm praying that these young children are gonna be a generation that come out of the womb and turn this world on its head for Jesus Christ. Amen. I pray that for my grandson coming. We pray for your little one. We pray for Kevin and Kelly Giamalva's little one to come soon and many others. So praying for you, sis. And let's pray for New Orleans and vicinity this morning as a Cat 4 is about to hit land. So would you pray with me? Let's bow. Oh, in Afghanistan as well. Absolutely. The Christians and the folks trapped over there. Absolutely. Let's pray. So we bow before you, King of the universe, God who loves us, amazing creator, wonderful savior, everlasting father, the prince of peace, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who was and is and is to come, the lamb of God, the lion of Judah, the prince of peace, Jesus, the anointed one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we lay ourselves before you today thanking you for life, for the freedom in Jesus Christ. And I thank you for this wonderful congregation. And if you don't return soon, it's got 80 more years to see what only you could do. Thank you that we love each other because if we didn't love each other, saying goodbye would be fine, let's move on. But we love one another deeply. Thank you for giving me the privilege to be here, to work with such a fine staff, worship team, board, and people. Father, we lift up Kathy Montgomery. Thank you for bringing her through that procedure. Reminder, we're going to pray for her and stand with her and Dale. For Sue Ernest, thank you for what you're doing in her life and John's life and bringing her through that scary procedure. For Mary, who's waiting to find out about a potential fusion with spine, you would encourage her. And Lee, Jessica, and Josiah would be blessed as a new life cast a shadow on this world of walking around as a young boy or girl. For those in New Orleans, oh God of mercy, and let the church be your witness through this. The same in Afghanistan. Father, may the church thrive. I look at the book of Acts and when persecution came, the gospel spread like wildfire. God, bring even those of other religions, including Muslims, to know of Jesus Christ. Visions and dreams or Bibles or however you want to get the word across, God, bring it. We're going to trust you. And Lord, you're the teacher. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the master teacher. Would you come and teach? I want people to keep their eyes on you. I've got to keep my eyes on you. You have not abandoned us. You will never forsake us. So we will stand still and see the hand of the Lord. Thanks for what you're going to do. Come and speak. Have your way. In Jesus' name. We all say? Amen. Amen. We want to go ahead and dismiss the kids to kids zone. So Zach is in the back. Kids, you are welcome to go and have a wonderful time with him. As you are watching online, if you want to go online and grab an outline, you can do so. Grab your Bible. We're going to Revelation uh, chapter 16. Call it the final countdown. Some of you remember that song from the 80s. Yeah, I know. But there's a final countdown we're going to see today in chapter 16. And the key word I want you to think about as we come to uh, chapter 16 is like a, a flash forward even before we get to Revelation 20 and 21. It's a flash forward to the end. And God gives a countdown and the, the key words are these. The Lord wants people to repent. The Lord wants people to repent. Again, repent is a word that means you realize you're going your own way 
and you hear the call of God and you stop your way and turn to live his way with his kingdom. Now, there's wrath of God that finally is poured out. Again, I'm not one that thinks the tribulation is the wrath of God. I believe the seven years of tribulation with the Antichrist running things, so to speak, on earth is the wrath of Satan. But then the wrath of God comes after that, after a great Middle East war and then a thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. We'll talk about that. But if the Lord is loving, and you often hear people say this, if God is love, why would he bring wrath? What is his nature like? Is, is, is God one that just wants to crush people and he's just this demigod who's angry and has trouble controlling himself? Friends, from the beginning of time to the end of time, the Lord's nature, even as we call him our heavenly father, is to lovingly warn. To lovingly Warn. If you love someone and you see danger coming, you warn them. You don't want to hear somebody say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you warn me? It started back in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 2. Let's go to the beginning of mankind. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will what? Surely die. The Hebrew is dying. You will die. He lovingly warned them. God does never, God never judges without first warning. And from Genesis to Revelation, he ultimately warns. And his final warning will come through a countdown, is how I look at it, of seven bulls. And I'm going to count them down. Even though it's bull one, it's going to be countdown number seven. Bull two is countdown six. They're signs, gang, that I believe God has. And Deanna's in my early dating days. She warned me. We went to a movie, and I put my hand on her knee. First date, and she said, I'll give you to the count of three to take your hand off my knee. And she said, 99, 98. She's heard that joke for years, and she still laughs. Thank you, dear. Loving parents, what do they do? I'll give you to the count of... Uh, when we were on vacation with Gabe and Tanya just a couple week and a half ago or so, I uh, was on the boardwalk and I heard a parent go, you got to the count of five to get over here. And she went five, four, three, two. When did the kid move? On one. See, God could come along and say, one, done. But he doesn't. I don't understand why people want to go to psychics and mystics to try to see the future when God has said, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll show you. My parents always said, Jim, if you do this, this is what will happen. Because they loved me. And if the Lord didn't warn people and just dropped all this on humanity, he could be considered mean, unloving, angry without cause, simply reactionary. But he's not. He's exactly the opposite. In Hebrews it says, so as the Holy Spirit says, today, not tomorrow. As Billy Graham used to say, God never has scripture that says, well, tomorrow. He says, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. Verses 7 and 8 and verse 15, he says, as it's been said, I'll repeat myself. We all said it. If I've told you once, I've told you. Ah, you grew up in the same house, right? I told you a thousand times, don't exaggerate, right? Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. See, because God wants the best for you. God wants the best for me. God loves you. And we think the best is going our way. Our way is destruction. 
but we want our way. God says, I want you to know what's best. And the Lord will use seven plagues, like a countdown, I think. Seven represents the complete or perfect number of any action, right? And here's to warn folks. Again, from the Old Testament and the New Testament, look at this. The Lord warned folks through Jeremiah. Oh, Lord, do not your eyes look for truth? You struck them, but they felt no pain. So you crushed them, but they what? Refused correction. They made their faces harder than stone and refused to repent. We start off gentle with children, right? Come here. No, no, come on, come here. Come on, I have a lollipop, come here. No, come on, we'll go for ice cream. Come here. Come here, right? God is wooing people. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I'll restore you that you can serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you'll be my spokesman. Ezekiel warned folks. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, God says, Ezekiel, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent. Turn from your idols. Renounce all your detestable practices. Because God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Repent and live. John the Baptist warned, folks, in those days when Jesus was on the earth, John came preaching in the desert of Judea. What's the first thing he said? Repent, the kingdom of heaven's near. Jesus said the same thing as he warned, folks. When Jesus started his ministry, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The disciples were with Jesus when he warned the cities because they would not repent. The disciples went out and warned folks. They went out and preached the people should repent. Abraham, even in the New Testament, warned people when Jesus told the story in Luke 16 of the rich man who went to Hades and Lazarus went to heaven. And the rich man said, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers. Let him warn them so they won't also come to this place of torment. Abraham said, they've got Moses and the prophets. It's the Old Testament. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, if someone from the dead goes to them, they'll repent. Jesus rose from the dead. They refused to repent. If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Peter warned folks. Peter preached, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. God loves you for God so loved the world. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul warned folks in Athens when he preached, he said in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. John, who wrote Revelation, remember this back in Revelation 2, was told by the Lord to say, I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she's unwilling, so I'll cast her on a bed of suffering. I'll make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent. God starts so graciously and kindly and is still calling people today. And what will be the last way the Lord will warn folks? What's the last warning? It's these seven signs. On your right side, you see road signs. Caution, turn back, do not enter. It's, it's like road signs, the, these seven countdowns. And I want to run through them quickly with you. Here we go, Revelation 16:1. Then I heard a mega voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go, pour out the seven bowls, start the countdown of God's wrath on the earth. And this shows that the Lord is in control of everything. It's all in his timing. We're going to see it in a moment in verse 6. And again in verse 9, God's in control. Countdown number 7, first plague is what? A sign on the land. God is going to have something happen on the land. That's a sign to hopefully wake people up. The first angel went out and poured out his bowl on the land. And ugly and painful sores broke out on the people. How's it going to come? Weapons of mass destruction? Viruses? I, I, don't, I don't know. I just know it's going to happen to everybody in all the lands. To those who had what? The mark of the beast and what? Worshipped. See, folks often say to me, well, will I have the mark of the beast? Is that the vaccination or will I somehow? Let me ask you this. Who are you going to worship? Jesus or someone else? 
It's on those who will they'll get the mark because they worship the beast. And here's my question. Hey, who do you worship? I'm not saying whose worship service do you go to? Because just showing up here, as you know you've heard me share, and I'll share it again. Just showing up someplace doesn't make you something. Like if you came over to our house this afternoon and you said to Deanna's gym here, she says, oh yeah, he's out in the garage. So you walk out in the garage and I'm sitting in the middle of the garage. I'm sitting on the floor. Honk, honk. Blinker, blinker, blinker. Door open, boom. Door open, boom. Vroom, vroom. You go, what are you doing? You go, well, I'm in a garage and I'm making all the right sounds, so I'm a car. You'd say, you're a nut job. <laughs> Being in a garage making the right sounds does not make you a car. Sitting in a church making the right sounds does not make you a worshiper of Jesus Christ. Submitting your life, repenting of your sin, and walking with him makes you a worshiper because we worship whatever we give our lives to daily. I'm not a worshiper of God because I come to church on Sunday. I'm a worshiper of God because I want to worship him Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I don't do it perfectly. Neither do you. But again, it's people who had the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. What's going to happen next? If that doesn't cause people to repent, countdown six, plague number two. First one was on the land. Second one is on the sea. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea. And it turned into blood like that of a dead man. And every living thing in the sea died. Do you know what that's going to do to fish prices? You know what that's going to do to swimming and commerce and trade? If the land doesn't work and the sea doesn't work, countdown number five, plague number three. The third plague is this. A sign on the fresh water. Not the sea, the fresh water. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Is Almighty God being unfair, unloving, unkind, impatient? Well, let's look at the perspective of a holy angel who's watching this from heaven. Verse 5, I heard the angel in charge of the waters. You are just... In these judgments, you who are who were the Holy One because so you've judged. And why is God going to do this? Because they've shed the blood of your saints and your prophets. And you've given them blood to drink. They want blood, all the water will turn to it. And I heard the altar. I wonder if this is the saints under the altar that we saw earlier in Revelation. I wonder if it's from the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. But I heard the altar respond, yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. Reminder, gang, God is just. By the way, when you scream out for God to be just, be very careful. You may not want God's justice. But what we worship consumes us, and they worship the beast and the blood, and God says you can consume it. Because it'll be as in the days of Noah. What's it going to be like when Christ returns? Look at this. The earth was wicked, violent, immoral, godless. It says in Genesis 6. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. And the earth was corrupt in God's sight Hey, does this ring true today and full of what? The violence. So if the land, the salt water, the fresh water doesn't work, God moves to countdown number four, the fourth plague. It's a sign in the sun. People have missed it on the earth. Maybe they'll look up and see it in the heavens. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire. What's that mean? If there's... Uh, a huge Middle East war, if there's weapons of mass destruction, if there's uh, nuclear bombs that tilts the Earth's axis, if the ozone opens up, I, I don't know. All those are possibilities. You think it's hot today. 
They were seared by the intense heat and they cursed the name of God. Who had control over these plagues? Why? He wants them to repent. But they refuse to repent and give him glory. This is why the Lord disciplines, friends. It could be considered the Lord's final steps to call folks to repent, to come home, to know his love, his mercy, and his grace because he loves you. He loves me. And the Lord has worked constantly through kindness for centuries and for millennium. He's way more patient than any human being would be. I don't know about you, but I'm like, God, why haven't you judged us all already? Why haven't you just said, done? Do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, his tolerance, his patience, not realizing that right now God's kindness leads you to what? Repentance. Because the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise of returning, as some understand slowness. He's patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Those don't work. Countdown number three, plague number five. Oops, sorry. A sign against Satan himself. Waters, land, the fresh water, the sun. Now Satan, verse 10, the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne and the beast, the unholy trinity, and a Christ beast, false prophet. And this is weird to me, that his kingdom was plunged into darkness. Wait a minute, isn't Satan's kingdom darkness? Let's talk about the people that go along with it. Because look, men nod their tongues in agony and curse the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores. Instead of turning to God, they want to curse God. But why does he do this? Because he wants them to repent. So we come to countdown number two, plague number six, which is uh, God says, do you want your own way? Come on, all you folks my age. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac said, you can have your or go your own way. You know, sometimes we love our kids enough that if we try, 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 we just back up and go, okay, here you go. And it leads to the battle of Armageddon. Because the Lord loves people so much, he will give them what they want. And let me tell you something. When you pray, let me suggest that maybe you say this, nevertheless, not my will but thy will be done. God will give people what they want. Romans talks about this. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Therefore, God gave them over. You want it? Go, go ahead. In their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies, one of the, God says, go ahead. They exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped, there it is, worshiping the beast and served created things rather than the creator who's forever praised, amen. So because of this second time in Romans 1, God gave them over. God says, you want it? To shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. A third time. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over. You want it? Here you go. To do what ought not to be done. What's the result? Verse 13. I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouths of the unholy trinity. The dragon, the beast, the false prophet. What are these frogs? They are spirits of demons. Paul talked about men who teach falsely against Scripture doctrines of demons. Demons are preaching today contrary things to the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
They perform miraculous signs. Probably because of the massive Middle Eastern war and then the thousand years of Christ's reign is so great, Satan knows he's got to still seduce people at the end of the millennium to rebel against God. So he performs amazing acts. America's got talent, has nothing on what Satan will do. And they go out to the kings of the whole world and gather them for battle on the great day of God Almighty. In other words, they keep looking to destroy what is of God at the battle of Armageddon. And the Lord says, you, you want it? You want to follow him? Friends, sometimes we are so deeply blessed when we don't get what we want. Let me ask you right now, are you not getting something in your life you want? How about this one? I said months ago, I don't want to leave. Lord said, who's in charge of your life, Jim? I told you I'd call you, and I told you I'd call you away sometime, whether to heaven or some other place. How about you, church? I don't want a different pastor. Now, some of you may be saying, I want a different pastor. So your prayers are going to be answered. Well, I'm going to leave this church then. And the Lord will give us sometimes what we want. Don't always think prayers answered yes are a good thing. Don't always think that. Because is he your hope? Or is your pastor your hope? You come here because of me or because of Jesus? Don't come here. Don't ever come here because of me. I will let you down. I've let some of you down over the nine and a half years. I have not pastored perfectly. I pray as we leave in two months, you'll forgive me for how I failed you at times. I failed. God will give us what we want. I thought about this this week and it made me tremble. Hosea married Gomer. She was an immoral woman multiple times. Hosea from Hosea, or where we get the root word of Jesus' name of Savior. God says through Hosea to Ephraim, one of the 12 tribes. Ephraim was one of the 12 sons of Jacob, one of the 12 tribes of all of Israel. God says this. Ephraim is joined to its idols. Leave him alone. I believe Ephraim represents God's people and God's desire for his people because Ephraim means doubly fruitful. Im, I am in Hebrew is the plural. Ephra means to have fruit. And God wanted them to be doubly blessed, doubly fruitful, doubly used. And can you imagine? God says, leave him alone. Let him go. Shudder to think what would ever happen if God were to say, when it comes to Jim Walden, leave him alone. I'll give them what they insist on having. Because you and I, you know, we're, we're created to produce fruit for the glory of God. Doubly blessed, doubly fruitful. Let's look at it. In John 15, Jesus said to his guys, hey, I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. And he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. That pruning process is tough sometimes, isn't it? Guess what, church? He's pruning us. He's pruning me. He's pruning you. He's pruning us. Why? So we will be, say it, church, what? Even more. Wow. I'm the vine, y'all are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit, doubly fruitful. Because apart from me, y'all can do nothing. So my Father's glory that y'all bear what? Much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Because you didn't choose me, I chose y'all, and I pointed y'all to go and bear fruit, fruit that will. 
You know what fruit that lasts in the church is? It's not buildings and programs. It's people. People are going to heaven with us. 6019 South Baldwin isn't going to heaven with us. People are. So he goes on. Kind of a quick warning. In the middle of Revelation 16, behold, I come like a thief. In other words, folks aren't going to know when the thief comes. Blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so spiritually he won't be naked and be shamefully exposed. Are we awake? Are we awake towards Jesus? Paul said, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let's be alert and self-controlled. John said, and now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. So the battle of Armageddon ensues. In other words, at the end of the seven years of tribulation, by the way, um, I want to finish Revelation on October 17. Then October 24, I want to do a turbo tour of Revelation with one theme to leave you with. I believe the Lord's already given it to me. Can't wait for it. But at the end of seven years of tribulation, some of you have said, you know, help us again with the whole timeline. So I'll kind of do my best to run through what I see and you wrestle with it. It's going to be a great Middle East war at the end of the seven years of tribulation. Then there's going to be a thousand year reign. Some call it the millennium. Some call it the regeneration of the earth where Christ will reign on the earth. And at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ, the last great battle. It's also in Revelation 20. When the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. The frog demon spirits go out, gather the kings, go out to deceive the nations, to the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for a battle. Then we're going to come to the last plague. Seventh plague. It's the sign of Armageddon. And that sign is, it's over. They gathered the kings together, the place that in Hebrew is called Har, which means valley, Megiddo. We say Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a mega voice from the throne saying, oh boy, you know what it says? Oh boy, here we go, you ready? You know what it says? Done! Come on, how many of you parents have finally come to the point where you said, oh, today? done (laughs) from the throne when the lord says it's done let me just try to make something really clear when the lord says it's done it's done for our gamers can i talk to our gamers in our audience today game over no do-overs no second chances no begin new game No reset, no three more lives, no, would you like to play again? The Lord will use seven plagues almost as a countdown, seven, again, representing the complete or perfect number of any action to warn folks, just as he did through Noah. Peter said, if the Lord did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but he protected Noah, and what was Noah besides an ark builder and a vineyard keeper? What was he? A preacher of what? Those hundred years he built that ark, he was preaching to people, gang. God was warning what was to come. But he saved Noah and seven others. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example, a warning of what's going to happen to the ungodly. If he rescued Lot, a righteous man, who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. And you remember what Lot did the whole night before the morning came? He was out in the streets trying to get his son-in-laws and others to flee the wrath. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. Again, why? It's the love of God. God loves you. God has so much blessing and riches and grace he wants to flood your life with. But we say, no, 
I'm going to walk my way. And God is, as we used to sing when I was a kid, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. He warned through Abraham. He warned through Lot. He warned through Jonah, who went to the city and said, 40 days. Remember Revelation 3? This is last year. Those whom I love, I what? I rebuke and discipline because I love you like you do your kids. So be earnest and repent. Remember Revelation 9? The rest of mankind that were not killed by these plagues still did not repent of the work of their hands because they did not stop what? Worshiping demons, the idols of gold, silver, bronze, iPhones, iPads, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, stone and wood. To me, that means rings and homes and living for all of that. Nothing wrong, God gives us all good things, right? But they worship it, idols that cannot see or hear or walk. Nor do they repent of their murders, their magic arts, their sexual immoralities, or their thefts. Have you repented of your ways and your sins? Eighteen to twenty-one, we're done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. This is the end, gang. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since man has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake. Can you imagine what that Richter scale is going to do? The great city Jerusalem split into three parts, and the cities of the nations. Collapse. It's not a regional earthquake, gang. God says, done. Because it goes on to say, God remembered Babylon the Great. We're going to start to look at Babylon next week. And gave her the cup filled with the wine of the fury of his wrath. And every island fled away and the mountains could not. That's how strong this earthquake is. It's described in more detail in Revelation 20. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The battle of Armageddon, the sky Huge hailstones of about 100 pounds each fell on them. And they cursed God on account of the plague of hail because the plague was so terrible. They're mad at God for his earth and what's going on. What's our mistake? Here's our mistake, Cain. We have forgotten that everything rightfully belongs to him. This world, this building, this land, your life, your soul. We've rebelled against him. He hasn't rebelled against us. Psalm 21, don't forget this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Why? Because he made it. Why is Ford still in the Ford automobile? Because Henry Ford made it. He founded it upon the sea. Hannah, you ladies are like this. Here's a, a female prophet out of the Old Testament. When she was told news that she'd give birth to Samuel, in the middle of her prayer, she says, the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he set the world. He'll guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It's not by strength that one prevails, she said, but those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He'll thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. So here are chapter 16. Next week, chapter 17. We only go till 22. We're almost done. We're nearing the end of his what? New Testament. You've all heard of my last will and testament. We're at the end of God's final testament, and he's going to come again, gang, and he's going to set up his kingdom. And he wants to know, who wants me to be king? Or do you want to be king? The great John Wesley said these words, and I love it. Here I am, I and the Bible. I will not, I dare not vary from this book, 
either in great things or small. I have no power to dispense with one jot or tittle of what is contained therein. I'm determined to be a Bible Christian, not almost, but altogether. Who will meet me on this ground? How about you? Have you turned to Jesus? It's not being a church member. It's not getting baptized. It's not becoming a Baptist. Those are all fine. Not taking communion. It's have you turned to Jesus? He loves you. He loves you more than you ever know. And he's calling you. And he's being kind right now, saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I'll give you life. Would you stand with me for closing? Oh God, how you love us. And those you love, you rebuke. Jesus, thank you for the times you have rebuked me. And you could have taken out your wrath on me, but you took out your wrath on your beloved son so I would not have to experience your wrath. And you will take out all of your wrath on Jesus for anyone who turns to you because you love us. Friend, have you turned to Jesus? Have you repented of your sin? You say, how do I do that? You just do it right now in your heart. You go to God. You say, God, here I am. I will A, admit that I'm a sinner. My sin separates me from you. B, I will believe that you died and rose again to not only pay for my sin, but to remove it. And C, I will confess you as my Lord. I will repent. And I'll learn to repent each day, Jesus, just because I love you. God, I ask that you would be drawing more and more people to repentance. You'd keep us repenting when we sin. Because if we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Oh, God, help us take this message to the world. Thanks for the patience of this church and those online on this hot morning to sit here and listen to your word. You speak, Father. Jesus, this is your church. Jesus, you receive the glory and you do what only you can do. And we'll give you the honor and the thanks in your name. We all say, and let me say it, and it'll be really hard for me to say it on that final Sunday, but I'm going to keep saying it. Oh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord cause his face, his beautiful face, to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. And as he lifts up his countenance, ah, church, May Almighty God fill you with his peace. God bless. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed our podcast, you can subscribe and share with your friends. To support our ministry, go and click the link in the description to give online. To connect with us, to know more about who we are, or if you have a prayer request, go to our website at templecitybaptist.org. We would love to hear from you. May God bless you. See you next week.